Hello and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. I'm going to begin a new series this, this week for the next couple of weeks. I want to talk to you about discovering and living a meaningful life. How many want to have meaning in their life? Let me ask you this. Have you discovered what that is? I mean, here's the serious answer to that. You can be 50 years old and not know yet what the meaning and your purpose of life is. Did you know that? You could be 50 years old. You can be 60 years old and not know what your me- the meaning and purpose of your life is. And the only way you're going to discover that is through God. I mean, no, God created you. Yeah. He created you and I. He gave us a manual for life. This manual right here will help you discover what the purpose and the meaning of your life is. Yeah. How, how many right now would raise their hand and say, Pastor, I think I agree with that, and I think I have a clue as to what that purpose in it is in my life? Raise your hand if that's you. And that's okay. And, and uh, the others, that hands that stay down, that's a journey, isn't it? It's a journey to discover, God, where do you want me to be? Let me ask you this. Do you guys set goals? Many at the beginning of the year set goals. What, where they want to be at the end of this year. When they want to retire. What, what age they want to retire. What year that might be. When they want to get that house. When they want to get that new car. When they want to get that new job. When, and you fill in the blank, you set goals. And part of that is knowing your purpose. Knowing the meaning of life. Because what's important to you, you'll pursue. Amen? So let me, let me just remind you this morning. Did you know that from the moment you were born, you were on a quest? You were on a journey to discover, what on earth am I here for? Lord, why did you put me here? Did you, has anybody here ever asked that question besides Pastor Rick? I, I asked that question in my early 20s. I didn't ask it before that. It was, and I've shared with you how, how I received salvation. You know, it's basically a guy spoke to me when I was 20 years old, a Christian. First time a Christian had ever really spoken to me about this word. And he planted a seed in my heart. And then four years later, an uncle comes knocking on my door. An uncle that had been in and out of jail all his life. And here he is dressed up in a suit, holding a Bible right next to his vest like this. And I'm going, wait a minute, that picture right there does not compete. It doesn't make sense in here. I got to hear this story. And I was just coincided at the time. And how many know there's no coincidences with God that I was asking God, why am I here? Lord, what's the purpose for my life? Because it was a mess at that point. I had made a mess of my life. I was, I mean, I had contemplated suicide, thought about it, Never got brave enough. I was too much of a coward to do that, thank goodness. But life was so bad at that point that you start thinking crazy, irrational things. How many know what I'm talking about? You've all been there. And thank God I had an uncle that obeyed God's voice and came knocking on my door one time to share the word of God. Others of you have had an uncle or an auntie, or a grandma, or a grandpa, or a cousin, a brother, or a sister that have spoken into your life. Now this morning, I know that each of you want your life to have some kind of purpose. You know, I look at my coworkers, some, 
co-workers, or maybe friends and acquaintances, maybe even some relatives, they don't go to church and they think the purpose of life is just to be a good person, not hurt anybody else, live a good life, do good in your community, and that's the extent of it. And they miss the boat entirely. God gave you and created you for a divine purpose in this life, not just to be a good person. I know a lot of good people that don't know Jesus, that don't know God. I know a lot of those good people. In fact, you, you know them. Some of you may see them at work tomorrow. Some of, the, of you may see them at the, at the golf range tomorrow, at the driving range. Some of you may see them at the laundromat tomorrow, and definitely not at Walmart. You won't see any at Walmart. But here's, here's what I want you to look at. We also want to grow to be happy, to be, to be complete. How, how many have, have lived a life sometimes and, and you feel incomplete until either you get married, there's, there's a major goal in your life, right, that helps you to feel connected, right? Part of that is, is getting married. Part of it is having children, possibly a family. Part of it is maybe having that job that you've been always wanting. But the most important thing, all that aside, is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I want you to know that God wired you that way to seek Him. It's not by accident that you're here. It's not by accident that, that uh, any of you one day woke up and said, Hey, that Foothill Church, I'm going to go check it out. That wasn't an accident. It wasn't a coincidence. You're here today because of God's divine design. Look at your neighbor and tell him it's God's divine design. Let's take a look at some words that Jesus said. If you'll stand with me in John chapter 12. John chapter 12 is where I'm going to begin reading in verse 20. If you pull out or turn on your electronic devices, your electronic Bible, as I heard in a conference we were at this, this weekend, which, by the way, we were extremely blessed um, in Concord. At the same church where I was ordained, they had a wonderful leadership and pastoral conference. And my family and I were blessed uh, beyond measure. Can I just share with you real quick, too, there was a word spoken over us. There was a minister that was speaking the word over various people. That was one of his gifts. And he came, and during the service, he began to say, as he's, as he's giving words out, he said, there's someone here that's moving. Their church is moving, and they're move, going to a, a different place. Uh, and you're, you're anxious about it. And I want you to know that God, God's going with you. He's, he's seen it. He's already seen the move. And uh, he said, and, and the neighborhoods are going to come there. And so I went up. We were praying at the end of the service. He's laying hands on people and praying. And I told him, Anna and I, I believe those words were for us. And then he, and then I told him why, what we were doing. He laid hands on us and he prayed. And he says, I saw this in a, in a vision three days ago. He goes, I saw the neighborhoods around that church coming and filling that place. I saw the neighborhoods in that area filling this place. And he goes, and I want you to know that God goes with you in this. So what, I, what I'm wanting to tell you right now is God knows what he's doing. We may not know. Sometimes I'm wondering, God, I don't know what I'm doing, but I serve a God that knows what he's doing. Amen? Amen. So keep praying, keep believing. Amen. John chapter 12 and verse 20. 
Now among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. So these came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked them, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. And Philip went and told Andrew. Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. And Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it does, it bears much fruit. Whoever loses his life, loses it. And whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Let me just stop there. Hate, the word there is not what you and I interpret as hate, to hate something, to despise something. The biblical language used there is to love less. Love less. Love the world less. Love your life less than you love Almighty God. See, God is a jealous God, the Bible says. He wants your attention 100%. Amen? That's what it's saying there. Whoever loves his life loses it. Whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Verse 26. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your promises. Now we pray your anointing and blessing upon the remainder of our service. We pray that in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 You may be seated this morning. Amen. So many of us here, our purpose can be found, and maybe, maybe it's not somebody here, but maybe your friends or those that you know, they sought it in education. Uh, the, the bachelors of science wasn't good enough, so they needed a master's, and the master's wasn't good enough, and they needed a doctorate, and on and on and on. Uh, we know people like that, that education is their idol. And again, I'm, Pastor Rick's not saying there's something wrong with education. No, please get educated as much as you can. Amen. But let's, let's seek it in a, in a wisdom, in a, in, a, in a way that seeks wisdom first. Amen? Amen. Seek purpose in your career. Seek purpose. Don't just seek a job title. Amen. When we discover and begin to pursue a meaningful life, that... That right there, we can also begin to experience true happiness. Many of you have never found happiness in your life because you've never truly found out what your purpose on this life is here for. You've, you've pursued it in what you thought was what God wanted for you. And, and it keeps, you keep hitting that, that wall. You keep hitting that dead end. You keep getting frustrated. You keep becoming bitter and angry of, Lord, why is it working for me, but it works for them? Maybe the Lord wants to wake you up and say, have you decided to follow my purpose for your life? Have you decided to just check it out? You know, there's this uh, magazine, Time Magazine. How many familiar with Time Magazine? They've been doing this poll now for years. They do a poll on the happiness of America or American happiness. The latest poll shows that only one-third of Americans are happy. One-third. So look at two other people. Look at two other people right now. That includes you and two other people. That's three people. Only one of you is happy. <laughs> According to this poll. Now, I, I believe our statistics in this church are a little bit different. Because as believers, we have overcome the world. Amen? But according to their poll, only one out of three people are happy. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a sad state of affairs. 
one out of three people, not one out of ten, not one out of eight, one out of three people. That's sad. Again, we truly begin to experience true happiness once we discover and begin to pursue a meaningful life. Amen? Now, it's a beautiful thing when we fulfill our purpose. I didn't become a pastor until I was in my 50s. In my 50s. I, I look back and I say, Lord, I wish, I wish I would have listened to you when you first began to speak into my heart that I could have done this when I was in my 20s. But then I stop and I say, no, God has a plan. God has a purpose. He, I wouldn't be the pastor I am today if he had not allowed me to go through the trials, the life situations that have occurred the last 30 years. Amen. I wouldn't be the pastor. I wouldn't bring to the table what I have now. God's allowed each of you to go through different circumstances in your life to make you the man, to make you the woman you are today. And he's not done with you yet. Look at your neighbor. Tap him next, next to you and tell him, he's not done with me yet. He's not done with me yet. Amen? Amen. There's some pictures I want to put up on the screen. I work at a food company. How many recognize that right there? It looks good, right? What are those? Strawberries. Strawberries. Now, in my company where I work, we, we're a pure, puree company. We puree Fruits and, and some certain vegetables, but mainly fruits, 40 different flavors, strawberries from central California all the way up to Oregon, Washington State, even in Chile, South America. We get, we get strawberries and then we process them. And then we, we process them in a manufacturing plant. And then we put them in a pretty little jar that looks like that right there. Uh, sorry for the blurry picture. That's the name of the company, the, what the jar looks like. It's sold to chefs. In restaurants uh, throughout the, the world, especially here in this country, uh, if you go to any popular restaurant, they have our products there. And then they take that jar, and then we put them in, pack them in cases, and then they go and they're packed in white boxes like that, six jars to a case. And look at all those racks right there in this freezer. This is frozen product. Uh, I'm in there, and it's minus 20, Okay. Minus 20 degree. How many have been in minus 20 degree temperature before? It's no fun, let me tell you. And there's people that work in these places like this every single day, eight hours a day. Of course, they have parkas. They have uh, all the protection, the equipment that you need. I can only handle 20 minutes in a place like that, and I got to get out of there. So we were in there for about 20 minutes. Of course, the guys that are leading us on the tour, they're, they're torturing us. They're, they're just saying, and over here we have, and they know it's killing us, right? But... Here's my point. The, the strawberries are processed. They're put in a place like this. And then ultimately, they lead to something like that. That's what, That's what I'm talking about right there, right? See that? That's strawberry puree poured over a cheesecake. Doesn't that look beautiful right there? It's serving its purpose right there, right? From a raw material, it's now serving its purpose. So in the same way... We discover, and we can remove that picture because it's going to drive you guys crazy if we leave that picture up there on that cheesecake. In the same way, when we discover and pursue a meaningful life, then we can also begin to experience true happiness. Say that word with me. Two words with me. True happiness. Amen. How many want to discover what that is? I already know it. Amen. Amen. So at this time... I want you to welcome up here, who's going to share a testimony, my brother, Garland Steubenberry. 
Give him a big hand as he comes up right now. Garland, I want you to take your time. And you just share whatever God, whatever God has laid on your heart. Amen? He's, he's calm as a cucumber. God bless you. I'm shaking, I'm shaking. All the time. So back in October, Pastor Rick had asked me to speak. And I did so. At that time, I was nervous as well. But it opened the door. Um, my father-in-law was here at the time. A lot of things have happened since then, his passing. Um, I, try, I don't want to get emotional, but I'm going to get emotional. Because the last time I saw him, he was sitting out there. And the plan was, I mean, Pastor Rick had asked me to speak again, just out of norm. And actually this time I wanted to do it, not just because he asked me to do it. And I sat in my seat and I'm thinking to myself, what am I going to speak about? And I closed my eyes and the word purpose popped into my head. I had no idea what Pastor Rick was going to speak about today. But God knew. Ever since then, I'm writing down, I'm putting so many things together, and I'm trying to figure out, how am I going to share this? And once again, I had to close my eyes because my mind was everywhere. I couldn't want this direction, I couldn't want that direction. But when I closed my eyes, God told me, just be simple. Do it the way that you are. Just be you. I can't be Pastor Rick. I can't be anyone else but myself. I have a story, and I shared it a little bit last time, so I'm going to go into a little bit again. Um, so, the word purpose, I wasn't for sure what it meant, so I had to look it up. And the definition of purpose, according to the dictionary, is the reason of which something is done or created for which something exists. Now, throughout my years, I'm only 36. Um, sometimes people say I have many years because I seem so wise and older. I don't know, but that's what they say. Um, but I always question, why am I here? Why was I even born? I mean, I don't know if some of you have asked that, but I definitely did. But while growing up, you expect your mother and father to be in your life. But for me, I didn't have that. I had my grandmother and my brother. I had other sisters, but she wasn't there. My grandmother had a stroke prior to us being born and was paralyzed on the right side, but she still did what she could to take care of us. At the age of five, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself, but at the age of five, we were taken away from my grandmother and put into the foster care system. The reason for it is because my mother and father weren't there in our lives. Even though my mother and father were not married, my mother was in and out of jail. And she had a life of her own. My father, I didn't even know who he was. 
took some time for me to eventually get to meet him. But throughout the years, my mom, she tried to keep a part of, and she tried to stay a part of my life. She would write me. Um, she kept, she made promises. She didn't keep those. But at five, we were taken in, or I was taken in, to an adopted family, which they raised me throughout my life. My brother still remains in the system to this day. So I feel sorry for him because he doesn't have the experience that we wanted. He cries for our mom. He cries for his father. He's looking for his father. And there's nothing I can do to help him. But as I begin to get older, I begin to read the Bible. This triggered more questions for me. Like, what am I doing with my life? Am I living up to my full potential? Am I following the purpose that God has before me? But unfortunately, for some, time, for some years, I went astray. I didn't go to church. I didn't read my Bible. I even stopped praying. I was hurt. I was hurt spiritually. It wasn't God who hurt me. It was the people who I had around me who I thought cared for me. But because of something that happened, their decisions, turned, they turned their backs. So I did what I felt was best, and I worked. I went to work, and I worked even more. And I actually had up to three jobs at one time. But this still felt meaningless for me. I got it, don't worry. So eventually I began to build a relationship with my mother, or with my father actually. We may have not been super close, but we still, he was still there for me when I needed him. I also began to try to build a relationship with my mother, but I couldn't let go of the past, and it made it hard for me to bring her even close. Every time she would call me, she would tell me she loved me. I would just say, okay. For me, if she loved me, she would have been there, but she wasn't. But who am I to judge? But I had to learn that later on in life. Finance one who loved me, marrying my wife, and raising our family began to make me have a sense of purpose. I wanted to make sure that they were taken care of, though. With that being said, I did what I knew best. That was work. And I engulfed myself in work. But with that, when I went home, they were sleeping. When I went to work, they were sleeping. I wasn't at home. I wasn't there. I didn't get married to not be there. I wanted to be there for my family, and I wasn't. But later on, this caused problems, especially for me. I began to travel down the path of destruction. I was about to give up everything 
that I've been working so hard for. It's sad to say, as I put my marriage on the line. I was about to lose everything that I've been working for. At this point in my life, I didn't know what to do. I tried it my way, and all I caused was pain and heartache. Now this was the time I needed my father. Not my earthly father. I needed my spiritual father. I needed him to take control and guide my life according to his will, not my own. I asked my father for his forgiveness, and he gave it to me. I asked my wife for her forgiveness, and she gave it to me as well. I asked him to help me rebuild my marriage and make it even stronger than it was, and he's doing so. Mark 10, 9 says, according to the New International Version, therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. And I truly understand that now. During the months of August in 2017, I made an important decision. And on September 9th of 2017, my family and I were baptized. Amen. Even though I had been baptized when I was younger, I knew I was doing it for the wrong reason. But I still did it anyway. But this time, I made the decision on my own. This was for me. This wasn't to please anybody. It wasn't to make anyone happy. It was for me. It was my choice. Prior to this, every time baptism would come up, Pastor Rick would say, Garland, are you ready? He would hint towards it. Pastor Rick sees the potential in me, even when I don't see it in myself. But at that time, I knew I wasn't ready. And I didn't do it. But when it, the time was right, I knew it was time, and I let him know, this is the time. And I was actually looking at some of our old text messages from around that time, and just the happiness, because you've you seen the change in my life. So... Um, but on this, this time, it was my choice. I wanted the world to witness my dedication to my Heavenly Father. And that was a beautiful day. Not only did the world witness my dedication, but it also witnessed a family's dedication of baptism. And to my surprise, I didn't even know that was going to happen. I was just going in there for me. But then when I spoke to my wife about it, I guess they had already had a plan, and it surprised me as well. It's funny how life works, though. If it wasn't for me working at New Vine Logistics, I would have never met May or Pastor Rick. If Pastor Rick and I would have never been friends on Facebook, and him posting movies in the park, we may have possibly not been here at Full Hill Church. 
but according to Proverbs 19.21, many are the plans in a person's heart, but in the Lord's purpose that prevails. Now, purpose, I don't know, it meant a lot for me. And everyone has a story. And everyone should share, share their story because you never know who it might affect. My father-in-law came, and many of you got to know him. It was my first time meeting him during that visit. The purpose of his visit was to go to the doctor because he was on a referral. But that was that purpose. But the way we look at it, or the way I see it now, is God had a purpose. He had a reason why he brought him to us. He could have went to the Philippines, but no, he came here to California, spent time with us, and throughout his visit, I got to see a man that I've never met. I got to become a son to someone who barely even knew me. His love was genuine. And he was a pastor. I've got to see him preach. You guys got to see him on stage. And while he was preaching, we went to Reno one time and he was preaching. And I'm looking at him in awe. And I know that God's been trying to tell me something. And I'm looking at my father-in-law and I'm like, if he can do it, there's no reason why I can't. And my father-in-law, I mean, he's got a different language. But he still came here, did what he wanted, did what he felt was right because God had directed him in that path. He planted a seed in my heart. Or maybe he, there was a seed already and he just watered it and, and threw some fertilizer on there to help it grow. But if it wasn't for Pastor Rick and my father-in-law having that belief in me and God having a, a purpose for my life, I don't know where I'd be. Honestly, if I followed the life of my, my immediate family, I definitely wouldn't be here. I'd probably be in the streets. I'd probably be in jail. I'd probably be on drugs. But that wasn't the purpose God had for me. God had a different direction. He... So as much as I might look at I didn't have a father and mother, but they had a purpose. Their purpose was to bring life into me, or to give me life, and God used them for that. I can't be mad at them for their mistakes, or why they weren't together, or for why they weren't there, but they gave life to me. I can't be mad at my adoptive mom, because she was there for me. She helped raise me. She helped make me raised me into the man that I've become. She's also planted that seed for me and put me in church to where the Bible helped guide my life. As hard as I, as hurt as I was to the people that I felt hurt me, I'm actually thankful. Because if it didn't happen, I wouldn't be here today. I'd still be where I was. And that would not be, I don't think I'd be married. I don't think I'd have kids. 
<laughs> I definitely wouldn't be here if I did. But God had set a purpose for me. Every day I'm looking, or every day I pray, and I'm asking God to guide me in the direction of His will. And sometimes I feel as if He's telling me, and He's showing me the direction that I that He wants me to be. And maybe I'm just being so hard-headed, or just not paying attention. I know you said 25 minutes, but I probably take your time. Um, I don't know. It's it's just where you you grow up and you want a purpose for yourself. You want to have purpose in life. You want to make a difference for people, but you don't know how. I wanted to make. I wanted to have such a happy family. I can't blame it on not having my mother and father not being there to set that example for me. I've had many examples that are in front of me now. I have Pastor Rick and Sister Anna. I know Brother Ed's not here, but Brother Ed and Sister Betty are a great example of love. There's so many great couples in this church. There's so many great couples out in the world as well. And we want to be able to help everybody. I'm still looking for my purpose. So I have a question for you. Do you know what yours is? That's right. Wasn't that beautiful? Yes. It's amazing what begins to happen when we turn our life over to the Lord. Now that's not the first time we've heard a testimony like that, although that's His unique testimony. That's one thing I always tell people is that nobody can take your testimony away from you. They can argue a, a book of the Bible, a scripture, but they can't argue your testimony, what God's done in your life. That's the most powerful weapon you have in your life, is your testimony. What has God done in your life? What has He done to transform your way of thinking? Uh, you know, it's a joy to have seen Garland grow. I, I, I met him at, at uh, New Vine Logistics where we worked. I was there only briefly. God put me there for an assignment. It was there to meet this man and have his family be here and all the people they've brought in here. I was there only for months. And then I was gone. But I knew there was something special in him from the day I met him. And to see his family here is just, it brings me great joy, Garland. And I thank God that you listened to that voice when you were invited. You didn't ham and haw. You didn't say, well, one of these days, you were there that Sunday after I invited you at Movies in the Park when I ran into you. And I, and, and I invited him, and he was here that Sunday. So it was, it's been great. Amen. Give him a hand one more time. Let me, as we're getting close to wrapping it, I won't take too much longer, but it's a wonderful testimony of our Heavenly Father's love for each of you as expressed through Garland's life. Our past experiences help and shape our future, amen? They help and shape what kind of person and and, and what are the issues we have in life. They really come from our past. 
And, and you can see a lot of things in your life. What, what shaped you into the person you became because of the things that occurred when you were younger. Amen? But throughout all that, your Heavenly Father still has a plan for you. You're still His son. You're still His daughter. You have a father. And He's your Heavenly Father. Amen? Yeah. None of you here can ever go through this life and say, I, I never had a father. Garland now recognizes that. He has a Heavenly Father. And He's with them every single day. Amen? Here's what I want you to start thinking, and I believe everyone here has that, but can I emphasize this again? I want you to come and, and, and in your minds begin to declare, I, I believe, God, that you have a, a better idea for a purpose in my life. Uh, better than maybe what I've been thinking all along. Better than what 2018 was like. Better than what 2017 was like. I believe that that this manual, this Bible, is the user's manual for life, and I'm going to need to seek it. I'm going to need to read it. We have outlines there on the connection table that will take you through, through reading the Bible in one year. The plan of God is discovered in this book. It really is. It's God's Word spoken directly to you, to you and I. It's a blueprint. You can't build anything without a blueprint. How many know that? you got to have a blueprint. And each of you have the ability to help shape and form that life. The, God, the life that God wants for you. I believe it tells you how to run your marriage correctly. Garland just shared that. It, gave him, it brought forgiveness to his marriage. It brought restoration. It helped shape your marriage. It will help shape what kind of an employee you are at work. It really does. It helps what kind of a neighbor you are. Next to your neighbors, those crazy neighbors. It helps you to become the right kind of neighbor. It helps you to become the right kind of believer. This book does. The words of God. It shapes it. It gives you wisdom. It provides truth to you. When people ask you questions at work, why do you believe what you believe? God's wisdom will be given to you in that moment if you pursue this word. Amen? Amen. It's God's way. And the only, way, the only time you're going to get to that point is if you're sick and tired of doing it your way. And we have to come to that point. You can't keep doing the same thing over and over again and expect different results. What is that? It's insanity. That's what insanity is. You've got to do it differently. And I'm so glad that Garland decided that one day in 2017, he was going to do it differently. When it came to baptism, he stepped out in faith. He stepped up here today. He's made major life choices for, for the glory of God. Amen? Amen? And God's rewarded him and his family because of that. Always taking care of him. Not only is he a hard worker, he's a good brother. If he says something to you, he's going to be there. He's going to do it. If he says, I'm going to be there at 3 o'clock, he'll be there at 2.55. Right? He'll be there early. He's, he's not going to be there late. He's a man of his word. Amen. You can count on him. Now, how many of you here have made that commitment to pursue God? Raise your hand if that's you. If you're going to pursue Him in purpose, in life direction, that's the only way you're going to discover true happiness in your life is through pursuing what is God's plan for my life here on this earth. When you pursue that, you find out real quickly it was the right choice. And all those previous choices that you made in the past on your own, where you kept hitting your head, Doing the same old thing, running into the same old issues that you had when you were 20, when you were 30, when you were 40, when you were 50, when you were 60, and on and on and on. They go out the window when you start to say, Lord, 
I just want to be obedient to what your word says. I want to be obedient to what your plan is for my life. Because what does the word say in Jeremiah that we read earlier? He's giving you plans for a hope and a future. A hope and a future. Plans not to harm you. The devil comes to seek, kill, and destroy. The Lord is saying, I want to give you a hope and a future. Not any plans to harm you. But so many of us are afraid to step out in faith and say, Lord, have your way in my life. Have your way in my life. That's what we need to do as we, as we pursue God. And in closing, some of you still may be thinking, but Pastor Rick, that's your plan. That's Garland's plan. I got my plans. And don't get me wrong, it's, it's good to have plans. It's good to have goals. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But are they lined up with what God wants for your life? That's what I'm saying. Are they lined up with what God wants for your life? How many know He knows what's best for your life? Amen. He knows today what's best for your life. God gives us a choice. Did you know He's a perfect gentleman? God will never ever put a gun to your head and say, I need you to go to church. I need you to be there at Wednesday night Bible studies. I need you to sign up for every small group there is and sign up for every little thing. No, he's not going to tell you that. He gives you that choice. He wants you to, to have a hunger, a desire for that in your life. Amen? How many know that God knows what he's doing? God knows what he's doing. But here's what's going to happen. if You're either going to le learn these lessons the easy way or the hard way. How many remember years ago, there was a commercial. I, I think it was a fuel additive. May, may have been STP. I don't know what it was. But the gist of the message was, you can either pay me now or you can pay me later. And it was, you added it to your fuel tank, I think. Something like that. The point of it was, if you don't take care of it now, you're going to pay the price down the road. And that's what pursuing God, if, if you choose not to pursue God, not to pursue what He has in mind for you, His perfect will, you will pay the price down the road. Now that's not Pastor Rick trying to scare you. I'm just trying to tell you, that's what the Word of God says. The Word of God says He has a plan for a hope and a future for you. And when we tell Him, Lord, I don't want that plan, you're basically saying, I don't want a hope and I don't want a future. I don't know about you, but I want to have hope. I want to have a positive future. I want to be happy in my life. Amen? Amen? So how do you do that? It's very easily done. It's not hard. It's not complicated. You don't have to take ministerial classes. All you have to say is this. Lord, I commit my life to you, to your purpose from this day forward. From this day forward. It's that simple. And when you do that, God brings restoration to your marriage, to your family, relationships. How many have experienced that in their lives? Amen? Now, I have family members just like you that choose not to be here in church or attend or even want to listen. And all you can continue to do is be a shining light to them, is be available to them. You've got to continue to love on them. Because that's your job. You're to love on one another. What I did with Garland, he mentioned me and his father-in-law. His father-in-law loved him, didn't know him. I had the privilege of knowing Garland these last 10 years. But his father-in-law never met him, yet he chose to love him as a son. Amen? That meant a world to Garland right there. 
I continue to reach out to Garland, respect him, because I did. You're right, Garland. I saw the potential in you. I still see potential in you. And God sees that as well. God's not done with any of us. You may be thinking, oh, that time's passed. No, it hasn't. If you're still breathing, if you're still walking, talking, God's not done with any of you yet. What, what are those goals? What, what is that passion? Lord, show me what your purpose for my life is. It doesn't have to be up here. This right here is, 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 is a gift. It's a calling. But it could be in another area. There's so many areas that you can fulfill your purpose and your plan in God's kingdom. Amen?